Uh, our conversation with Andy Brickley is sponsored by Norfolk Power Equipment. Right now, Norfolk Power Equipment has 0% financing on all Kubota tractors. Visit Norfolk Power on Route 1A in Rentham or Route 102 in Burrowville, Rhode Island, or online at NorfolkPower.com. And by McGee Chevrolet in Raynham, the first place and the last place you'll need to shop for a new or used Chevrolet. And by Sal's Pizza. If you're going to carry out, why not pick up the biggest, freshest, tastiest, best pizza around? Sal's Pizza, now that is a slice. Good morning, Andy Brickley. How are you? Do I need to give a shout-out to uh, Wayne Gretzky for hosting Saturday Night Live? He was better than Montana. <laughs> Hey, Brick, I think I figured it out. The key to getting the Bruins back on the track, whether it's from a scoring standpoint or a winning standpoint, is just schedule the Leafs. It's that simple, isn't it? Yeah, they're pretty weak in their own zone, and uh, the expectation last night was there would be a ton of energy in the building with the coaching change because that's certainly what the general public wanted in Toronto. They finally got their wish. They were coming off a win in Montreal, first game in the Air Canada Center, and it just didn't happen. You know, they had some moments where they – they were able to get some goals against the Bruins, but overall, that team is very porous defensively. And if the Bruins had to play them 82 games a year, you'd know what their record would be. Uh, offense, obviously, not a problem. Has defense been their struggle all year long, Brick? Toronto? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I think leadership's probably their biggest problem. Mm. If you take a look at the personnel. Uh, you know, they have Dion Phaneuf as the captain. I'm not sure he's the best choice for that team. Hard for me to say that. I'm not in the locker room with him, but uh, the way he carries himself on the ice. Uh, they need a little bit more in the leadership department. Somebody's going to take control of that team, and they just don't have it right now. Were you surprised by the amount of rough stuff that went on? Do you know in the in the dressing room before you go out that it's going to probably be probably be like that, or does it just happen organically? Well, it's really Carlisle. Uh, that's the impact he's going to have on his team. Uh, he knows that they're too soft. Their lineup's too soft. They got some good skill guys and some good speed, but he won a championship in Anaheim with having you know the likes of Sean Thornton in his lineup on a regular on a regular basis, and that's kind of what he was looking for from his team, some kind of pushback. The Bruins have such a strong reputation in that area. Randy Carlyle was determined to get something from his team in that area, and uh, unfortunately for a guy like Colby Armstrong, he found out the wrong way. Yeah, did you know Seidenberg could fight? I did not. I did not. I was surprised, uh, as probably just about anybody. I know how strong he is. I mean, he is a physically fit, very powerful. A human being, and he's got great balance, but uh, there is a skill and a talent to be able to throw punches and maintain balance mm. and, uh, and hold a guy off at the same time, and uh, that was impressive. Tell us how you think how the Rask injury affects the team, uh, Andy. Obviously, uh, Turco's not going to play much. Will he play uh, three, four games if, if he clears waivers, if he comes here, if he plays for the Bruins? And will do you think Rask be back for the playoffs if they need him? I have a bad feeling about whether we're going to see Tuka Rask the rest of this year. And, uh, you know, that kind of injury on a player that, that plays that position at this time of year makes me think we might not see him the rest of the way. So uh, it impacts the team seriously. Uh, a year ago, the Bruins realized they needed more depth in the organization at the goaltender position. They went out and acquired uh, Kudobin, who was a pretty good player at the American League level. They wanted to develop him to be a serviceable backup and maybe even have an NHL career, certainly. Uh, and that was the game plan. Unfortunately, he's hurt right now. So now they're forced into this situation to go get Barney Turco if they can, if he can get through waivers by noon today. Uh, you don't want Tim Thomas to have to play every game from here. So someone's going to have to uh, spell him, uh, whether it's Godovan when he gets healthy, but we think he's still weeks away, or whether it's going to have to be Barney Turco if he can get through waivers. If he doesn't get through waivers, then they're going to, 
They're going to have to rely on Tim Thomas probably to play every night, and I don't think that's a good thing. He can handle it, but I don't think it puts him in the best position. Do you does it look like something's wrong with Tim Thomas to you? Uh, I don't like a couple of the goals that I've seen go in lately. Um, it's hard for me to question his uh, his compete and what a you know what. He makes big saves at the right time. The, the New York game, the Ranger game, bothered me. The fourth goal bothered me. Yeah. Uh, it might have bothered a lot of people, but uh, you know, you score three goals against Lundqvist in New York. You only give up 17 sh- total shots. Very few scoring chances for the Rangers, and you don't win that hockey game. It's rare that Tim Thomas doesn't make the key save when you need it most. But I think there's been some soft goals or or, or, or shots that he generally saves. And it makes you think, you know, how's the workload? How's he going to handle it? Where is he with this, at this point in the season? How rested is he going to be come playoff time? But uh, the one thing that he's proven is the kid's a warrior, and he will battle, you know, every game. Speaking of kids, the book on uh, Jason Caron was uh, always good defense, but he's added more elements to his game with uh, puck protection and skating and just raising his game exponentially over a short period of time, Brick. Yeah, it's fun to watch when that happens, when, uh, you know, some of that light bulb actually goes on in a young player's mind, and he can actually see uh, the things that he can actually do on the ice and when he realizes that he belongs at this level. And to go into New York on that big stage, playing the best team in the Eastern Conference, and to have a real good game with a goal and assist despite losing, uh, it, it, it kind of got to him saying, you know, I can, I can be a difference maker. I can be a player at this level, and I can get some things done, and I think it certainly helps to play with a guy like Chris Kelly as your sentiment. He's always in position. He's got your back. He protects you defensively, and he allows you to do what you do best. And, and you're right, John. He's he's good defensively. He's good at protecting the puck. Something that young players don't learn until probably years three or four in their pro career. But he had it early, and that was one of his strengths. And it's one of the things the Bruins really liked about him. He needed to get a better skating game. He needed to be able to get away from players once he did protect the puck and absorb the hit. And now he's starting to add that element to his game, and it makes a world of difference. Yeah, yeah. Every time a guy like him uh, has a big game, a uh, young guy, it's all about confidence. That's all you hear. It's just confidence. They have the skill. They have the ability. They know they're going to be a, a good NHL player. They just need the confidence. Is that is that the coach's – is that uh, Claude's job? Is that the captain's? Is that, you know, the team shrink, assistant coach? Whose job is it to instill confidence in a guy like that? Because he certainly seems like a he's going to be a valuable addition to the team in the, down the stretch here. Yeah, I think everybody kind of has a hand in developing somebody's confidence, and certainly the player himself has a hand in that. But uh, a lot of that falls on the coach and his ability to know his players and how to manage players and uh, when, to know, when to know to, to criticize them behind closed doors or when to give them a pat, pat on the back publicly. But uh, uh, for, a guy like, uh, for a guy like Jordan, once you get a little bit of success, you know, when you're a young player, you worry so much about not making mistakes and not right. being the weak link in the lineup. <laughs> And you're afraid to do the things that really allowed you to be drafted as high as you were and to play with that kind of, uh, not recklessness, but belief and believability that your skills are good enough to play at this level. And it's not until you have a little bit of success, whether it's a really good game or, or you have a goal or an assist or you actually get in a fight and you beat somebody up. Those are the things that really start to tell you, I belong. And then your natural skills start to become more and more apparent. And and Golf Digest always annually they do these polls of the players and they say who's the cockiest player on tour and Rory Sabatini wins he gets like ninety percent of the vote kind of you know borderline arrogant some guys don't like him but thinks he's going to win every time he tees it up what who's the cockiest guy you played with and is that a good thing I mean do you have to be cocky to to succeed in the NHL um 
I, I think there has to be some kind of element of that to you. You got to have a little swagger to yourself and uh, and know that you're a good player, no matter what your role is. Uh, I always admire the guys that are the elite players that know how good they are, and if they have a little bit of cocky and they let you know just once in a while yeah. that, that they know how good they are and how important they are and what they can do on the ice relative to what the average player can't do. And uh, and they back it up. I mean, those are the athletes you like to be around, and and they're guys that are winners. Ultimately, they will be winners. Like Chara, would he uh, would he qualifies? No, he's not a yapper. He really he's, but you heard that interview uh, on in the network that the interview with him, the Rangers game between periods, and he is in his own way pretty cocky. I mean, he knows he's good. He wants to be the best. He doesn't, you know, he's not a, a trash talker, but he is pretty confident. Well, the guy I like the most, Jerry, in that, uh, as far as that, where he just once in a while lets you know or let me know was Raymond Bork. Right. You know, you would talk hockey with Ray all the time, and he was the most humble athlete, most humble hockey player. But every now and then he would say, you know, yeah, I am pretty good. And just that little bit of cockiness really uh, was one of the reasons I admired him as a player so much. Uh, appropriate of nothing is the following question, Brick. Do you think Bruin management hopes and assumes that Brian Ralston will somehow, some way, fill the void left by Mark Recchi in terms of veteran leadership, been around the block, a steadying influence. Is is that sort of the plan or the hope? No, I don't think they're looking for that from Brian. Um, Mark Recchi was pretty unique when it came to that kind of stuff. Uh, really a born leader, and he just uh, you know he just boosted confidence mm. and played the game the right way. And, and uh, a champion, not that Brian Ralston isn't uh, in his own way, you know, a guy that's been around a long time and has been a leader. Uh, Brian is coming from an organization where, you know, things weren't going well, so he needs to get physically really engaged, better shape, better shape mentally, and he's coming. You can see it. He's having more and more of an impact. He's playing better. He's making better decisions. He's more into the flow. But as far as those intangibles that are Mark Recchi, uh, Brian will give you some of that, but certainly nowhere near the degree that Mike Reiki gave. And, Brick, as you know, we always try to tie you in with whatever the current event story of the sports world is on that particular day. And in anticipation of Peyton Manning cutting ties with Indianapolis, I'm wondering, have you ever been in a, in a dressing room uh, where a, a, a popular, uh, charismatic leader of the team, maybe the best guy you played with, left and went somewhere else. And the reason I'm asking that is, what does that do to the psyche, the confidence, just the overall feel and tone and tenor in that dressing room? Well, it depends on who's coming in. You know, if you have a, a major player, superstar, a budding superstar that's coming in, and then you know, a member of uh, what was the team or a core guy from you know years past mm. or currently uh, is exiting, it all depends on who that player is. And my analogy would be when I was in Pittsburgh, I played on a line with a guy named Mike Bullard who was a 50-goal man in the NHL, and Mario Lemieux was coming in the next year, and he knew Mike Bullard was on his way out. Mm. Uh, you, you, for some reason, they don't, didn't want to keep both of them, and it was, it was uh, the reality of the situation that one of your leaders was going, even though he was a 50-goal man, but what was coming in to replace him was something special. Is there a hockey version of a bounty system uh, in, in your experience in the NHL? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. I mean, we used to have little, uh, you know, if you got X amount of hits, then you were rewarded. Uh, but certainly nothing to the degree where you were paid uh, a, a ransom in order to take somebody out of the lineup, no. And what, what, how were you rewarded? Uh, you were given like, uh, you know, $5 for every hit. 
you know, when they started tracking hits and when you had a team like the New Jersey Devils that I played for before we were a playoff right. in order to change the culture and get us to be a little bit more abrasive, you know, the coaching staff would throw you $5 for every hit. So everybody started finishing their checks a little more frequently. But certainly there weren't bounties on our opponent. Yeah, so it was a pay-for-play thing. If you got a goal and two assists or a bunch of hits, then maybe you'd get a couple of bucks. What but never, never f- to take somebody out, right? What, what if you got in a fight with stitches on your face like Thornton <laughs> did last night? That's got to be worth something. Something. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. You know, Thornton, uh, he didn't really have to engage Rose Hill. And, uh, you know, he already had a fresh cut from his fight on Sunday in New York. So, uh, uh, but that's the way Thornton is. And uh, that's a big stage, Toronto. And there were some people in that building that Thornton definitely wanted to say, hey, I'm still relevant. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, that was, and that was good. But no extra dollars and cents for, uh, for stitches. No. You think the modeling career is out the window for Thornton? <laughs> GQ? Yeah. What do you mean? He's got that rugged good look. So yeah, that's true. I, a long time to come. Let's wrap up the uh, current events portion of our interview. Have you ever had a laser shined in your eye during a <laughs> hockey game, Brick? Uh, no, and what a story that is. I mean, uh, you, I'm not in the youth hockey circles. Uh, I have daughters, and it's white skates only in my house. Uh, so I haven't been in the, the youth hockey, but... From what I can understand and gather, and it makes a lot of sense, is it's generally the parents mm. that create most of the issues. Yeah, and this guy, we're talking about the father, the winter father, who will uh, face criminal charges, prosecutors said yesterday. Disturbing Joseph, the peace. Joseph Cordez, 42, who was sitting by himself in the, at the game, shining a laser in the goalie's eyes of the team. His da- daughter was playing Medway. He was, uh, 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 his daughter was on Winthrop. And he was trying to get distract the goalie, and he did. His team won. <laughs> the, yeah, the Medway goaltender should be happy he couldn't find his air rifle that morning. Only a laser. <laughs> that's true. You know, his paintball well, you know, gun. It, it comes. It comes on the heels, uh, you know, of the whole Milbury situation with what happened with that youth hockey nonsense, and uh, you know, it's just it's got to change. That culture's got to change too. And not to get in a lengthy discussion, but uh, it, I think the youth sports has it back, but certainly hockey anyway, you know, the practice-to-game ratio and the importance that they put on tournaments mm. and select teams. Uh, you know, you, you don't develop players and skilled players unless you practice where you get in touches with the puck a lot more frequently than you do in games. And uh, But that's a discussion for another day. And you never would have been the baseball player you were, Brick, if you, if you were born today or now. They would have said... Drop that baseball crap. You got to play year round, <laughs> year round. Yeah, well, then, uh, then, then they wouldn't have had me because I, you know, my my parents would have made me or asked me to play every sport depending on what season it was because it makes you for a better athlete. Brick, appreciate the conversation. Uh, good chat. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Okay, fellas. Andy Brickley with Dennison Callahan on the AT and T Hotline, AT and T four G LT. Our conversation with Brick is brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment. Norfolk Power Equipment has zero percent financing on all Kubota tractors. Visit Norfolk Power on Route One A in Rentham or Route One O Two in Burrowville, Rhode Island, or online at NorfolkPower.com. And also by McGee Chevrolet in Raynham, the first place and the last place you'll ever need to shop for a new or used Chevrolet. And by Sal's Pizza. If you're going to carry out, why not pick up the biggest, freshest, tastiest pizza around? Sal's Pizza, now that is a slice. Still to come on this edition of Dennis and Callahan, we'll open the phone lines and talk with you. 617-779-0850. Toll-free number 888-525-0850. Shortly after 9 o'clock, Bill Romanowski will weigh in. Romo, Romo.